performances. No, who won? Here we go. And the Oscar goes to period, end of sentence. This is the first Oscar nomination for Riko Zatopchi and Marissa Burton. From the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head hauntress out here in the DC area, all alone, but not that lonely, because on the other end of my line are my sexy witches. So let's get right into it. Starting near, not too far from here, no little four hours or so, in Clifton Forge, Virginia, is the sexy porn witch. If you want to see her online, talk to her online. If you want to see her in a movie, See Plan 9 from Outer Space Remake. She does a lot of cool things. And see her very soon at the Monster Mania convention. She's going to go there and have some fun, and she's going to do a preview of that tonight. Please welcome to the show the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. How you doing? I am doing pretty good. How are you? Fine. I think my intro dropped the mic for your intro this week. Yeah, you, you did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> so great. We're going to get back to West you. Uh, you said West Virginia quite a few times before, so we got Virginia what? right. Oh, oh no, right. I, did it, I did it right. Okay, let's see. Uh-oh. <laughs> we got the other one. 
We'll be right back. All the way across the flyover state in southern Los Angeles, which is now floating away slowly through mudslides, through floods, through fury. Yet our dark mistress down there, she's still alive, she's still kicking, and she's with us tonight. Please welcome our new guest, our new co-host for the show. I still need to come up with a great kick-ass nickname, but Raven Jasper Hawk. Welcome again. Hey, girls. Hey. Hey. Woo-hoo. How you doing? This is Oh, actually, I'm hanging in there, floating away. Oh, my God. This is technically our second show of the year. How's it feeling now being a sexy witch? You dipped your toe in a little bit, and you're with us for the long haul now. Well, I feel extra sexy, and I'm also really good at not wearing pants anymore, so I have to hand it to both of you. Oh, excellent. Okay. Uh, now, how is your coffee intake? <laughs> oh, um, I I have over a- achieved <laughs> that quota today. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that excellent. is a warning and a blessing. Excellent, excellent. And and of course, we know that Erin Marie said she just got coffee, and I'm out of coffee, but I will be getting coffee at some point during the cast. But we'll, we'll find out when I'm going to do that. But in the meantime. We got a little bit to talk about. Yeah, so we have so much. Oh, this is going to be talk, coffee talk. We are coffee talk, but it's going to be more than that. We are going to be talking Oscar tonight. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about the clothes. We're going to talk about the show, the performances, the presenters, the red carpet, anything we want to talk about. We're going to talk about it. Don't think it's going to be in any particular order. This is just us, Sexy Witches, tonight. So if you want to call in, there's plenty of room on the board tonight. Our phone number is, ready? 646-716-9172. Once again, that is 646-716-9172. The Sexy Witches are looking forward to your call. All right, everybody. So, But before we get to that, um, let's see. Uh, who should I start with? So we want to start with Erin Marie tonight uh, because she's been having some technical problems and came on late last time, I believe. Uh, you're here now with me, and I'm so glad you're with us again. And, and uh, do you want to? We start with you tonight because we usually start. We we've been starting with Raven because she's the new person, but we don't always want to pick on the rookie. If you know what I'm saying? Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I could use a break. Okay. Oh, don't don't think you're off the hook, Raven. We're oh, coming. I know, I know. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with Erin Marie. You have much to report, but before we get into Monster Mania and your voyages there, I was going to ask you because you are of the three of us, I believe, the first person to finish binging the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, and I wanted you to talk about it. No, not finished. I'm halfway through. Oh, okay. Well, what can you report so far? Uh, I can report that there is time travel and an agency who has agents who um, their their sole job is to assassinate those who would mess with the timeline. There is superheroes. There's badass music. Fucking great soundtrack. Amazing action. I love the the cinematography, the setting, everything about it is great. Um, 
I'm really enjoying it. And that's probably my only sorrow in being on the podcast tonight is that when Lydia gets home from musical practice, I'm not going to be able to watch it with her because I'm going to be on here. So I'm going to miss watching it tonight. Well, you know, it'll be there. It'll be there. (laughs) It'll be waiting for you. I mean, oh, I, I would I've be got stuff if I wasn't waiting on my kid. <laughs> uh, it's okay, but so, I also uh, saw Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh yeah, Velvet Buzzsaw. How is that? Fantastic. I thought oh, it was cool. so creative. Um, I mean, the usage of colors, considering it's surrounded in the art world, is incredible. Um, they don't really get too much into the mythos of it. They don't explain a whole lot about what's going on. But the deaths are fantastic. Um, each one is inventive and just really great to look at. Uh, and the ending is... It's almost Carpenter-esque. Ooh. Yeah, there was something about it that reminded me of Carpenter, but I really loved it all together. Um, and, of course, Jake Gyllenhaal recently has kind of becoming, like, my new sac- secret favorite actor to watch. Because I've been watching, the like, three different... <laughs> He does the most incredible roles. Like, I ended up watching Okja, which also had Jake in it. And uh-huh. that uh, movie is awesome, by the way. I had it in my top ten last year. It is. Oh, it was incredible, and I cried. And and the parallels between the animals and and Holocaust, you know, the whole caging and and the oh my god, like everything you, about it was like a concentration camp. Did you see Isle of was, Dogs, uh, Aaron Marie? No, because I'm not a fan of Wes Anderson. <laughs> okay. And 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 what about you, Raven? Did you see Isle of Dogs? Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okja, and this is why I'm gonna re- I'm gonna recommend Raven. You watch Okja, and now you watch Isle of Dogs because they're the same, very similar films. They're both great in their own right, and I think you should give Isle of. I know you don't like stop animation, but I think you should give Isle of Dogs a shot if you liked Okja. Uh, if you want me to give Isle of Dogs a shot, you would literally have to invite me on Reapers and call me out. That's probably That's the only way you'd do it. <laughs> I, I will have you on as a guest. The gauntlet um, has been thrown. One, yeah, one, you would have to try to pull my nerd card in order to get me to watch it. Well, once once um, we get that show really rolling, I'm gonna that's actually I'm gonna expand it to bring on other nerds and have them fill their. Uh, uh, shameless and I am gunning for my cousin Aaron because the idea that he hasn't never seen Sound of Sound Music, of music. Just, uh, right. just drives me nuts like I want to pull out my hair Aaron Kogan you hear that you listen to the show later I know you're working tonight we miss you we miss you a lot I can't wait to see you soon but damn it see the fucking Sound of Music go find a theater there's somewhere in LA Raven Raven, yeah. I have a mission for you. Since you were okay. in L.A., the reason why he's holding out is because he wants to see it in its grandeur on the big screen. I get that. Okay, extent. okay. Okay, even no though problem. I think it translates just fine on on a regular screen. I've seen it on the regular screen first. I've seen it on the big screen. I've seen it in every way possible. 
the movie reads anyway, but that's because it's right. wise and he's awesome. But you will have a mission from God to find a theater that's playing a special screening, like Fathom Events or something of sound yeah. and music and make him go. Okay. Now here's the tricky part. I will take on this mission. It, it comes around a lot, but most of the time they are sing-along events, and I think that is a terrible way to watch something for the first time. So it'll be harder to okay. find one that isn't. But I, I shall return tar- triumphant. Un- understood. And, and actually, that isn't completely a deal-breaker with Aaron. Aaron is a okay. singer. He's, in, okay. he's performed on stage. He is the Pirate King, just so you know. Oh, Okay. All right. Yeah, no. Well, now he, me he, fancy. Okay. He worked. He worked. <laughs> he worked at Medieval Times as a waiter. Uh, he nice. was a singing waiter in a bar. Uh, he's a sommelier. He's a waiter now. Uh, you know. Uh, so man has okay. and he and he we'll performs Gilbert and Sullivan. He's got chops. He's got chops. All right. So, All right. You know, so I won't good. scare him away necessarily. No, I hope he hears this because you know the gauntlet is thrown that he hasn't. Okay. Uh, it's it actually makes me almost. <laughs> can't sleep at night that he has never seen this yeah. movie he is a bigger theater geek than i am right that's yeah that's lot. just not okay and i feel like a bad friend if i don't make him watch it so yeah okay. the pressure's on the pressure's on all right pressure's on all right on mission so aaron marie so you saw that and also why don't we talk real quick and we'll do a, a recap episode in the future. So like, you know, maybe the next one I'll have to look at, I have it written down where you get to, you know, dish your shenanigans at monster mania. Cause there always is <laughs> something going down in monster mania, whether it's amazing or it's freakish, like fire things, uh, you know, monster mania yeah, always I, I has some. Talk- I, I honestly don't think that there's any way I I don't think there's any way I could top next uh, last year's, but I'm going to try. Yeah. Okay. So you want to give us a quick rundown of some of the guests that are going to be there and what you're looking most forward to. Of course, everyone knows that the big centerpiece is the craft reunion with all four of them, including Tessa Thompson, who we'll talk about a little bit later because Tessa Thompson, I watched something with her in it recently. That was pretty good. Uh, And, uh, you know, there was some controversy how she's been excluded out of other reunions, but you know, Monster Mania isn't going to do that. <laughs> no way, not in Jersey. Uh, you know, so no. they are, uh, and it's the biggest draw. Is actually go so talk about it if you would. Um, I'm I'm sure it's just a matter of scheduling amongst the ladies um, more than anything else. But yeah, it's got Nev Campbell and Robin and Feruza and Rachel. Um, Meatloaf is going to be there, and other than Little Nell, um, yeah. I've met pretty much every cast member I can of Rocky Horror once I've met her. That's um, awesome. Dylan McDermott, holy crap. I am so freaking excited to meet that man. That man is, is gorgeous. gorgeous. <sighs> that he Are you going to have him sign anything? That. Like yeah, BDSM, it's like dirty <laughs> sex. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to meet that. 
Um, but wonderfully, <laughs> the thing that I'm <laughs> the person that I'm most excited to hear talk at all is Dolph Lundgren. Dolph oh, Lundgren is the one I'm most excited about. Dolph Lundgren. That's awesome. I have an absolute soft spot for Masters of Universe. Someone talked right? about it recently, <laughs> how awful it was. And I go, yes, but, oh, it's so gloriously awful. It's so much right. fun. I, I, it's not boring. You cannot say no, you are bored. No, it holds your attention. You, you watch it, you're in it, and Dolph Ungren actually gives, his, I think, is arguably his best performance in that movie. I agree I know with that. <laughs> no, I you. totally agree with that. It's true. It's true. It is. It's absolutely true. I am utterly fascinated. I'm utterly fascinated with the fact that Dolph Lundgren is this huge, beefy, like, man, muscular, just looks like your total dumb jock, but he's a freaking MIT major. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe it was chemical engineering. He, He has a... D or a master's at the very least, I think. I think it's a master's, but he's a genius, and I cannot wait a to hear him talk. Is it a master's of the universe? It's either a master's or a Pete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, you also uh, have yeah. one, of, one of my honey. If I was going, Erin Marie, to Master Mania. The person I'd want to meet the most outside of the craft, which, by the way, I made a mistake. I said Tessa Thompson. I met Rachel True. I met Tessa Thompson at Scares It Cares, what, two years ago. You sang with her. That was awesome. So, you know, I I should know better. Anyway, uh, Christina Ricci is going to be there. Yep. (laughs) My girl, I worship Christina Ricci. I she is my girl, and I would be so excited to meet Christina Ricci because, I mean, she is a geek girl extraordinaire. Uh, she's been in some of my favorite geek films and my favorite, some favorite not geek films, too. I mean, she's really, really good in Monster, like, like really good at Monster, oh. you know. Well, um, you know you're welcome. Well, you know, I, I'm feeling a little bit poor, as you know. We'll talk about that in just a few <laughs> moments. I have Aww. a lot to talk about. You know, I was, remember, I was supposed to have been land, like, just got back from a trip on this episode. Yeah. And, and yeah. we got to talk about that a little bit. But actually, there are silver linings in the clouds, my dear friends. But anyway, I'm so excited to tell you all that. But anyway. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Raven, I'm going to go over to you. Thank Hi. you, Erin Marie, by the way. Uh, and what are you most, ex- before we, I go over the Raven, but I'm going to, I'm about to hit her. So I'm going to warn her up ahead because we're going to talk Russian doll in a few minutes, Raven. All right. All right. All right. So, uh, I know that you're like, okay, I've got to rev up, you know, get ready. Okay. Get <laughs> my time. Move on. Got to get up. Yeah, um, but Erin Marie, what are you most excited for other than the guests? Is there anything else you really are excited to do? And uh, uh, you know, you know, it's Monster Mania. What advice can you give to people about about parking or anything that they should know about going, especially if they've never done it before? Um, well, the past two Monster Manias, they've had valet parking. So the parking situation, is, and it's free, is because they know what a shit situation it is. So um, utilize it. 
You know, it, it doesn't cost anything. Um, it was crowded last March, but this past August was really easy going. I think a lot of people got scared away. Um, don't be too shy <laughs> because Monster Mania is one of the most fun, and I'm most looking forward to seeing my convention family, of course. Angela's going to be there, and Rob, and um, God, all of them. So, oh, my God, Shelly. I can't wait to see her. Uh, and, um, have you met yeah, the ghosts yet, Aaron? Have you? Are you no, the only sexy? Haven't. And that's you're the only sexy witch outside. I don't know if Raven has or not, but of the original sexy rich lineup, no, you'd be the only one that has not met them. So you should go meet them and say you're the third sexy witch. So they because you were on the air with them, so you should know and meet them yeah, for sure. And and also I would. If you want to go to a fun, interesting panel, like if you if you want to sit down for a while and take a break, and I know you don't do a lot of panels, so I'm going to recommend one to you if he does a panel, and that is Phil Fondacaro. You know who he is? Yes! Yes. Yes. Do he, I went to his panel at Texas Frightmare. It was in the smaller room, but it was really cool because he's done all these really weird movies. He has an amazing collection of films under his belt because he's worked all, you know, because he does special effects and he does acting and, you know, and, and so you, I'm, I'm sorry. Was he in time bandit? Was he in time bandits? No, but he was in Willow. I know he's in Willow, but I was pretty yeah, sure he, he did. Mm. No, no, he's in Willow and he's in Bordello no, of Blood and Adam's Family Reunion, Phantasm. He's in Phantasm too, girl. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, he's also, I'm reading his bio. I just have to have it up. Uh, he's in the Black Cauldron as a voice. Uh, he's in, you know, he's been in Star Wars. You know, he's been in all these movies. He's also in Troll, which is my fan movie. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, that's what I got him to sign. So I, I, when I met him, I got him to sign that. He's a deer. So I would highly recommend going to his panel because he's got a lot of really weird, cool stories, and he doesn't hold back either. He's very, very. He's a good. He's a good panelist. So I love. I love people now, like him that do character work mm-hmm. and have been around the block a bunch and have seen some of the best and worst movies all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, Monster Mania is the one convention I do the most panels at usually. Yeah, well, and there's a definitely going to the craft panel. And I well, yeah. want to see dolls. I would say you want to get in there early because it's going to be crowded on the craft panel. Everyone's going to be there for that one. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, Rosa Block looks exactly the same as this picture I'm looking at of them right now. It's amazing. Like, you know, pretty much they all do. <laughs> you know, they were, what, 18 in those photos, 20, I think, yeah. is the oldest one. That's it. And, uh, you know, Rosa Block, though, she's looked the same since, like, she hasn't really aged. She's looked, you know, if you want to look at someone, then you always point out that. And I don't mean that she doesn't age. I'm just saying she always looks who she is. And you can always say that's Feruza Bach. From Return of Oz, like she's always looked like herself, like a little perfect porcelain character, like like in an Oz. You know what I'm saying? I can't explain it. Yeah. It's just like she looks great. Maybe she's a vampire. 
Maybe she really is. Or maybe she is. A, well, she is a real witch, supposedly. She is from Pagan. So, so maybe she's got the elixir of life. No? You ever I, seen... I got uh, you got nothing. Ever seen Death Becomes Her? She's, oh, yeah. she's really on the element. Yeah. Well, she's awesome. I love her, and I'm really excited that you get to see her. So... Okay, so let's go to talk some pop culture. I have a bunch of things I wanted to talk about as well in this in this vein because, well, let me get into a reason why um, <laughs> I, I, I watched a lot of stuff recently. It's because, well, I was supposed to be in Barcelona, and at the last minute, right before we were going to get on a plane, or actually right before we were going to drive to Newark and get on a plane, thank goodness we didn't drive to Newark, uh, there was a problem with my passport. It was just mine. Everybody else was fine. And there's a new law that was enacted in 2017. And so I was too late to get a, a renewal and we lost that trip. It went away. Uh, and it was like, oh, oh. my God. Uh, you know, silver lining is uh, <laughs> it actually, we still, uh, we're still going to go. As a matter of fact, the paperwork went out to fix my passport, went out today or yesterday. So fingers crossed that will happen soon. Uh, and um, once that happens, we are still going in a month, exactly one month. So I'm really happy. We still get to go. You know, we, it, it took a little bit of a hit, but not enough that we still can't go. Thank you. My husband brought me coffee, and he is my hero on many levels because not only did he find these awesome new tickets in exactly one month from leaving, um, we ended up realizing that totally rocks to be there. Uh, <laughs> um, like our itinerary, first of all, we get one full extra day while we're there. And, I mean, we have a room to jiggle. They, we land super early, like 6 in the morning. So we have the whole day to play with. And we were looking up stuff because I'm a research nerd, as Aaron knows. You know, I, I deep dive into stuff. And I hit the Fallis Festival, which I didn't have to deep dive that too hard for. Uh, and so, and, and Paul and my husband hit it at the same time. We started reading about the Fallis Festival. And it's in Valencia, which is actually three hours south. Of, of Barcelona. So it actually means a bus or a train ride. So we had to make a real decision, but we have all day, right? So yeah. we could possibly do this. Look it up, girls, gentle witches, everyone out there. Look it up on the web. Fallis Festival Valencia. It is the coolest thing. They have weeks of parades. We'll get to see the last two days. One is this big, beautiful floral parade during the day where there's these women in these beautiful Spanish gowns and there's flowers. And all week they've been building and displaying these beautiful, like, puppets, ginormous puppets. I've seen some of those if you look at my pictures. Uh, they're paper mache puppets. Yes, I know. But I'm just saying, if you go to my facebook page you'll see some of those kinds of puppets from the smithsonian folklife festival this year i actually seen them before but these get this huge and at the end of the festival they do two cool things one is they have a fireworks competition and what they do is that they have competing firecracker displays that are set up as <laughs> musical wow. instruments they light them on fire and they pop in musical sequences, and they competed like who has the best musical sequences in firecrackers. This happens That's all so night, cool. so no sleep, no sleep, 
all right, I'll deal with that. No sleep, because they also say people throw random firecrackers all night. And the firework displays are at 2 in the morning, okay? At 2. Wow. <laughs> okay, so this is a late night party oh, for a week. Okay, last night, this is where, hold on to your butts, okay? Get this. Those beautiful paper mache things they've been praying around with and, and putting in squares and stuff get lit on fire, all of them. Nice. <laughs> the whole tab, everything's lit on fire. And because, I don't know, there's a festival like this in New Mexico, but they only light one of those puppets. But when the heat hits it, the arms start moving and the mouths will move. And it's really wild stuff. It's really cool. That's awesome. Uh, so guess what? We're going to get to go. It's right when we land. We get to go to the first two days of this festival. Who knew we could do it? The bus is easy to do, and there's a train there, and there's a train back, and European trains are fine. Spanish system is supposed to be perfectly good, and uh, you know, no problems there. Then we go to Barcelona, and we do the Barcelona part of the trip that we had planned the whole time. So we lose, we will be a little bit tighter in the Barcelona end, but we got a little bit of extra with the Valencia part of the trip. Hooray! Um, and the amusement park that you see, have you ever seen Victor, Victor Christie Barcelona? There's a famous sequence that takes place up at the Thibodeau, which is an amusement park up on a hill. Uh, it wasn't going to be open in February. It will be open while we're there. So we'll get to go to that location, right. which is I'm an amusement park enthusiast. So boy, do I want to see that. Um, and then uh, Pedro Almodóvar's film drops on the 22nd while I'm there. <laughs> so, cool. so in Spain. And I've been trying to find that one theater in some college somewhere that might have American, you know, Spanish films for American audiences. But it's like, no, I'm not finding that. But I'm thinking of a workaround. Some types of closed captioning have multiple languages yeah. um, in some theaters. So I'm going to do some more research because there's a lot of theater and a lot of movies in Barcelona. See if I can find a theater that caters to closed captioning with English closed captions. And I bet you I will find it because they are so on the ball when it comes to their movies there. So um, they, they have huge theaters. Most of them are like American films dubbed into Spanish. But then they have this whole subsection of movies. Like if you were a film geek, you wouldn't go to those shows. You'd go to the, what they call the VO shows, which are voice only, which means that, or voice original, which is, it's the, you know, American film in English with a Spanish subtitle. I can get that, gotcha. but I'm trying yeah. to get the reverse. The reverse is like impossible. But anyway. So all that happened, I'm going to, so even though we had this total, like, like train stopping, crushing halt, and for about 12 hours, life seemed like I was about to die, because I was like, oh my God, this trip just ended, we're out this money, we're going to, you know, shit, fuck, it's my fault, because it was my passport, and I didn't double check, and I didn't know there was a new law, you know, just one of that kind of thing, I'm a Virgo, I just go crazy, right? Erin Marie knows what happens when things slightly go wrong. I kind of go off on everything goes like a firecracker. <laughs> everything goes wrong. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, I go I down. I never go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's you like know. a tiny little sense of, all of energy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just kind of winds like a, like a top, you know. I just kind of go in a circle. Um, so, But then, like, 
all this stuff started fitting into place. And then we find the festival and we find, you know, it was like, wow, it was meant to be. Like, I wouldn't have also, get this, because I wasn't there, pre-approved for the tickets for Lonely Island here in D.C. And I snagged two Mm -hmm. tickets in June. So I'm going to that. So that's awesome. I, I, I wouldn't have gotten those either. Um, and, and I also caught up with a lot of pop culture. So we're going to start Raven with Russian doll yeah. because I'm, I'm so glad you watched it. So, um, talk about it and what you want to, how you feel about it and we'll, we'll reveal it. And Erin Marie, have you seen Russian doll yet? Absolutely. We finished it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought in so. Like I, I saw you. It's, it's a really easy binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's only like 20 episodes, 25 minutes episodes. They go yeah, quickly. They're, yeah, they're, they're pretty short. They go fast. So, so Raven, lead yeah. off this, this segment for a minute and talk about Russian Doll. Okay, so first thing that I find absolutely astounding, which, which is related but not exactly Russian Doll, is that Harry Nilsson's song, Gotta Get Up, that is used Every time Nadia regenerates, basically, that song has gone up in streams by 2,466% since Russian Doll came out. Oh, I've been singing it around the house. Go, gotta get up, gotta get up, gotta get up in the morning. Oh, no, it's it, it's an earworm. Boy, does it get stuck in your head. I can understand why why it's done that it makes total sense but i i want to yeah. point out that and you can you can tell me what you how you feel about her performance but i thought natasha leone was delightful in this and she reminded me if kristen slater was female and and never progressed past heathers and like his performances <laughs> i asked actually what she was giving she was like the like the 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 uh like Christian Slater in an alternate universe. That's how I felt about her performance. How did you feel about her performance? I really liked her performance. Um, and It was fun. Yeah. Uh, I guess I spent a lot of my time trying to figure out, was did this line come from Amy Poehler or Natasha Leone? which was kind of a fun game to play. <laughs> it is a good, uh, fun <laughs> game to play. <laughs> well, I know there's a third, now there's a third co-creator who, Probably deserves credit too, but I spaced on her name. Headley, right? A head uh, starts with an H, maybe. But well, uh, all the I think all the performances were really strong. I thought. Uh, and the, and the, oh, I love they when they brought in the other guy, and I, I just loved watching the entire progression and the story unfold, and and watching things slowly disappear or the fruit rotting in the background. Mm-hmm. I, I, for a moment, I was actually the- not happy about the change in direction when they brought a, 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 another a male character into the story. I w- and we we lost her for a episode and a half. You know, she wasn't yeah. like there anymore, and I was like, "Oh no, okay." I hope they're. They, I was, I was given a shot because, like, okay, I'm sure this is establishing, but we, I was worried. I was like, "Why do we even need an extra character?" But then they kind of twisted it up, and it ended up being like, like a, such a kick-ass payoff in the end. I think. Yeah. You know, uh, like the end was a lot of fun to this show. I still have a lot of questions about this universe. 
and and and, and so Aaron Marie is in in Raven. I know Raven thinks about things like this a lot too. Um, okay, let me ask you this. This is the only thing that bothers me about her particular time loop because you know lately I don't know if you've noticed both of you that a lot of yeah. these TV shows all over the place time loops. The Endless had time loop. Uh, you know, there, there's like time loops everywhere. I don't know why Sanders people are Nash. in the time loops. Yeah, there was an article yeah, on, I, I saw on Facebook about it. Yeah, um, you know, I rewatched a movie called, was it Triangle? Which is a time loop movie um, on a ship, right? Is that, that it? I think that's it. I have to double check. It was, it's a really good movie, actually. Uh, so lots of time loop movies and time loop things. But like her resets when she dies right she goes back to that bathroom sometimes that's you know (laughs) well she usually goes back to that oh no she's always in the bathroom the bathroom sometimes changes but she's always in the bathroom when she dies yeah uh both are always looking in the mirror yeah and it's very important to the plot and that's fine and well and dandy but what if she was so careful that she lasted for years like she gets to like let's say 80 years old Okay, she's a little old Jewish okay. woman at this point. She dies. Does she reset back to 36? Uh, yeah, I think so. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. If, but, because but, it but seems the, to me it's I the loop is... I don't think it's the letter that 24-hour mark. Well, yeah, she, well, yeah she, got, she woke up in the morning, but yeah, she never got back to the evening again. Well, and I think they actually exactly. justify why yeah. my question wasn't answered by bringing the other character in, because then it became a, a story of duality, right? And right. and 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 dueling, t- dueling timelines and alternate timelines, and and which is fun. I love that shit actually, as as a sexy witch in a science fiction geek, of course. Uh, you know, it, it's great, and I shouldn't say the S word. I don't know why I'm cussing. I always cut. <laughs> You're anyway, edgy. I'm edgy. I'm on edge. I'm a rebel, man. You wouldn't understand, Dottie. All right. Um, anyway, Russian Doll's fun. Erin um, Marie, what, uh, like you said you just did it in two days. And did you enjoy it, like, as well? Oh, yeah. I loved everything about it. I, I loved w- watching the nuances, you know, like I said, in the background and trying to figure out what was going on. Like, for a little while, I thought they might have been, like, everything else was on hold, like like time had paused, but they were somehow moving still. But, I mean, I was trying to figure out everything. I It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, it's a pretty good and show. And I noticed they were... They seem to be each other's exact opposites as well, speaking yeah. of duality. Uh, it definitely, and not just because their genders are different. It has nothing to do with that at all, actually. It's everything to do with their control and what yeah. makes them tick as, a, as people. And, and, you know, they start to realize that that's actually what's causing these loops. And we won't get into any farther because that would be too spoilery. And I think this show really deserves to go in relatively cold. Just because you know it's a Groundhog Day situation doesn't mean it's like Groundhog Day at all. It's not. It's not like Groundhog Day. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that's cool. And I think it actually executes it in a, you know, because of all the, the, the weirdness and, and the more, uh, it's more like alternate timelines and warping of timelines than actually living a loop. Like, like Happy Death Day happens exactly over and over. The exact same things always happen. That's not what happens in Russian Doll at all. Her, her, right. her, 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 her things changed 
even though they do touch on it in Happy Day Day a little bit in in Leon's life and Nadia's life, she every move and decision she makes in one changes another timeline. So uh, that is, it gets kind of cool, and they could they could play with this for years, and they've already been greenlit for two and season three. So uh-huh. hooray! Yeah, we, we're gonna get two more seasons. So that's pretty cool. I said I heard it was pitched as a three season, um, but have you seen Happy Death Day two yet? No, I haven't. I've been trying to. Uh, I, I did get in Alita Battle Angel uh, in IMAX 3D, and that was pretty cool. I actually, I liked it a lot, and I'm really glad it's doing better than they were predicting. But it also has been um, it delayed my scene of uh, the final How to Train Your Dragon movie because it's still in the, the IMAX and 3D theaters. I have to wait till Thursday to see it in 3D. So I'll see it Thursday. I'll give a review on the next Sexy Witches on that. So. Right. Um, what about anything else that you have to report? Um, I, uh, I about did Go ahead. Let's go with Aaron first. Go ahead. Um, I did get to see Happy Death Day too, and go it gives it. us a, a science explanation. They they really get into how the time loop is happening. And it does end up changing quite a bit. And uh, not to give too much away, but she does end up in an alternate reality at some point, And it is really good. <clears throat> plus, it, plus, it's definitely going to be a third when it appears. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's cool. I'm actually really excited to see it. I'm glad you saw it. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, 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 tell me, tell me. Uh, don't tell me too much, though, because, once again, I want to go spoiler-free into that. But um, I saw somebody make some comments about the first movie, and, and they were valid about, like, writing for women. They're not very strong that way, the women in the Happy Death Day movies. But I don't really care about that that much because it's more about the fun of the puzzle, and I really enjoy that. So, um, anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, anything else you've seen? Uh, Aaron Marie, and then we're going to move a little yes, bit more and on. You, 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 you have started yeah. watching a Discovery of Witches, correct? Yeah, I'm only an episode in, so I'm not talking about it right now. Um, because I'm <laughs> actually, there's a reason. Um, uh, that's the thing. I just got Shutter. I actually am paying for it, so I decided to pay for Shutter because I love it so much. And part of it was to get right. Discovery Witches, but also because they just like the film festival circuit always ends on Shutter, and so that's why I wanted it because like they got all the best films from the Chattanooga Film Festival, which is coming up. Sweet. So I want to make sure I have Shutter for that. Um, that was kind of what decided it for me. Uh, that and Discovery Witches. <laughs> so I was like, oh, but now anybody can see it. They're going to actually show it on AMC pretty soon, which I'm like, yay, nice. it's doing so well on Shudder that they actually expanded it, which is good. Uh, so no, I'm not, uh, So hold off on that, Erin. We're going to talk about that more later when I've seen it down the road. I have a good excuse, though. Also, I did binge the first season of Twin Peaks. I'm doing that for Repo Nerds. So it took a lot of my time. So I just started Discovery of Witches. Um, so I still have 22 episodes of Twin Peaks to watch before I get that done. <laughs> and that's a lot of Twin Peaks and a lot of David Lynch. Oh, my God. Okay. I just watched uh, Blue Velvet today for the first oh time in about a decade. And so, 
just watching that, that I was like, wow, that's a lot of lint. <laughs> Uh, speaking of this, uh, uh, Blue Velvet, that's a kick-ass, thank you, Raven, for the lead-in. Um, my final thing to talk about before we deep dive, and we're right on time, 944, so we're right on time to go right into Oscar talk, uh, is that um, I went to the screening of my own film, like the FP, mm-hmm. Jason Trost's movie, The Beats of Rage, played in Virginia yesterday at the Alamo Draft House in Ashburn, Virginia, and it's called the One Loudon, and it's a it's a nice Alamo draft house as they all are. And uh, we uh, didn't make it in time to see the first one. It was actually playing as a double feature with the FP. But believe me, I saw it, and the management was very nice to make sure that we knew what time to start the next film. And so we went to the next movie. The house was full. Yay! People came to see it. So excited. <laughs> uh, there were even a handful of people who had never seen the first movie in the audience. That was cool. Uh, and surprise, not to, not on the menu or told ahead of time, J-Tro actually Skyped in. So I got to say hi. And that was cool because, like, um, they had a Q&A, and I was just staying back because I actually wasn't there to, like, say, hey, I was in the movie. No, even though my friend Alex was with us, and so I wanted him to see me on the movie. But that's another story entirely. He liked it, by the way, Aaron Marie. He liked the movie. Um, so that, you know, and you know how hard it is to get him to like a movie. So I was pretty happy about that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and we're pretty we, out there. Yeah. Oh, well, he does have out there taste. That's for sure. But, uh, at one point I, I go by the Skype thing and Paul's already talked to him. So he knows Paul's there and I see him and I just go, I get blown big kiss. That's all I do. Cause you know, we're taking a picture, you know, and I'm just there to say hi. Right. I'm not there to, you know show off or anything uh and then i hear Talay wickham his wife going i don't know if that was appropriate on a on a skype call <laughs> and i was like i delay <laughs> you know, paul and i both feel i delay she heard us hi and she wrote me a really nice uh pm afterwards thank you for coming all that so it was a great time I was so right. excited to see it with an audience and it was funny the laughter was interesting because I, um the movie is kind of a kitchen sink kind of a film. We just throw everything in it. One of it is there is a very, very blatant reference to Blue Velvet all through the movie, by the way. <laughs> That's okay. what led me into it. But, um, you know, it's a big, like, everything you saw in the 90s on blend, on puree, right? Awesome. You know, it's what it is. Um, and... Um, <laughs> So uh, people are laughing all through the, there's, there's not, uh, one or two hits all hit everybody, but most people were laughing at different things and nobody was like n- not enjoying themselves. It was just that some people were getting some jokes, some people were getting other jokes. Sometimes they hit the whole audience, but it was really like this carpet or, 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 or quilt of, of laughter through the film. And that's what I thought was interesting about it. I was like, yeah, that's exactly right, because the first movie's like that. A lot of people don't like, there's a few people that don't like the first movie. They don't like it at all. They don't like the FB. They don't get it. I, I you know, whatever. I love the movie. I've been showing it to everybody. I've, I make Aaron Marie sit through it at least once every other year uh, you know, for various reasons. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite films. That's why I wanted to support Jay Tro so much on the second one. And I'm going to support him on the third one, which he is going to do. And he did say LWE is coming back for the third movie. Yeah. 
LWE is coming back. He's the best thing about the first movie. Uh, so we're, we're, it's going to be exciting. So stay tuned for that. Um, and um, it's playing this weekend. And let me give you a quick rundown of where that is. And then we're going to go right into We're going to take a quick break and go to Oscars. Uh, this is not in chronological order. And I'll go through this quick. This is just um, how I can't. This is how it comes out on the schedule. It's silly. But anyway, I got it. Okay. So in Eugene, Oregon at the Broadway Metro on 3-8. Uh, the Burlington Capitol Theater in Burlington, Iowa, Iowa this Friday on March 1st. The Grand Illusion Cinema in Seattle, Washington on Friday and Saturday this weekend. Uh, Queenie, I hope you heard that. Uh, the Kiggins Theater, Vancouver, Washington on the 1st. The Lyric in Fort Collins, Colorado. Erin Marie. Oh, Fort Collins. On the 2nd. So you might want to tell, tell, tell Madison to go see my movie and make her friends go see my movie. What do you think? Madison's at home. Oh, that's right. She's with you. I thought she was yeah. in college. Oh, okay. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, uh, the lyrics are <laughs> so awesome. Okay. Row House Cinema in Pittsburgh on the 8th. Um, and then the Screenland, uh, Screenland Theaters, Armour, Kansas City, Missouri on the 2nd. The Visual Arts in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Charlotte, what's up? Uh, through the first and second, so this Friday and this Saturday. It's also playing at one film festival, and get this, in Wisconsin. Eclair, I think it is. I can't, they always throw me off. It's a Midwest Weird Fest, which is like an awesome name for a media convention. I think it's pretty <laughs> cool. Um, it's EAU Claire, Wisconsin. So Al Consta, Eclair Constant, Wisconsin. But it's, play, it's between this, uh, I don't have an actual time or day, but it, that's between the 8th and the 10th. It's playing up there. And let's see, is there anything else? Uh, it's in, It's still playing till uh, Thursday in Denver and in, in Littleton, Colorado. And it's going to play in Kansas City as a double feature on the 3rd. And in Tempe, it's got two more screenings tonight and tomorrow uh, before it moves on there. And then Last but not least, Erin Marie, your one shot to actually see the movie. It plays in Winchester, Virginia on the 2nd. So, this Saturday. Yeah, the car's still broken down. I don't think that's going to happen it. anytime soon. <laughs> I'll have to it's wait like, until DVD. That's okay. I was hoping your car would be better, but it, it's all good. So, let's take a quick break. And then we're going to come right back. And we got like an hour to talk about Oscar. I think we can fill an hour of time. Don't you think, sexy witches? Piece of cake. Piece I'm of pretty cake. Confident. Okay, so let's take a two and 20. We'll be right back.
a quick Oscar break. That was Jillian Welch and uh, David Rawlings singing um, When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs from Wings from the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is Coen Brothers' movie, which is usually an Oscar darling, but only got two nominations this year, but once again, always gets writing, because they are the Coen Brothers, and you must nominate them for writing in all things. Uh, but that's that's another story. Uh, so we are going to talk Oscar Sexy Witches. Let's throw it down on Oscar. We're going to talk about it all. We got an hour. We can easily do this. I have the tallies. I even did my math to tell you how well I did and all that fun stuff. So uh, we'll talk, but we'll go over the ballot in just a minute. Do we, I would say let's save the ballot for last and, and talk about some other things first, which will be more fun. Uh, do we want to start with the red carpet and just talk about some of our favorite looks and go into just straight up fashion or do we just want to skip fashion and go straight to the show and mix fashion in as we talk i mean i'm probably going to mention stuff anyways as we remind ourselves the people but um how do we want to play this sexy witches uh i missed most of the red carpet because i was trying to finish up uh the first man before the ceremony started uh so i think i only caught two two or three outfits um so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much help I'll be on the fashion department. Well, that's all right. Um, I don't really want to talk about it too much, but there were some interesting uh, trends this year when it came to the uh, fashions this year. Uh, one in particular that was the one that caught me the most of notice was the trains. Everyone was oh, wearing yeah. trains or capes. Right, Erin Marie? Yes. Capes were everywhere, uh, and and my mother even commented on it. She was like, "Why is everybody wearing capes?" I'm like, "Well, it's apparently this year's fashion trend, just like all the superheroes, superheroes." Yeah, the pink. I I accept the pink way more than the train train, uh, and I like long trains. I'm not necessarily against them. I think that wedding dresses with long trains can rock it if you do it right, you know. But it yeah. seemed to be an absorbent but, uh, amount of trains. It, oh God! All of a sudden, I can't. Remember. Glenn Close, Glenn Close said that her dress uh, weighed over forty pounds. It was something like forty-eight yep. pounds. Oh my God! It's funny because it almost worked. 
It almost worked as a look. It didn't quite work as a look. I think if she was on stage and accepting an Oscar from the 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 uh, up in the rafters, she would have looked amazing in the theater. You know what I'm saying? She would have read. And yeah. Raven, you can back me up on this. She would have read yeah. all the way to the back with that dress on. She yeah. She looked fabulous. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's what she's trying to aim for. I told Deirdre, yeah. I said she's trying to, to beckon the golden statue to her. <laughs> but but close up, the dress doesn't work. It's too much of the same fabric all the way through. It's too monotone. Like I don't know. Maybe if she maybe made the 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 train line on the shoulder back a little bit and gave her a little bit more shape at the shoulder, maybe it wouldn't look so severe. And that would have fixed it because I think it almost works. It's a good color for her. Uh, she her hair looked amazing. Like with the quaffy thing that she had uh, you know she was ready to take a, a a win Oscar on stage if she got called up and I actually thought she was going to be uh, yeah a lot of people did yeah no but that was a delightful uh, uh, surprise in many ways uh, even though yes. close is awesome um, and Olivia Coleman also had a train and and it's interesting because like on the red carpet the green was nice but it really it was like the wrap was kind of weird and stuff. When she went on stage and accepted her award, that's when the train paid off. She looked right. fabulous. Her it flowed right. Even the bow looked good. I mean, I don't even like bows usually on clothes. Like there was a couple bows out on the red carpet. There was this one girl doing the uh, game. I don't know who she is. I, I'm afraid, uh, but she was on the red carpet. Erin Marie, do you know what I'm talking about? She was wearing that red, a pink and yellow dress with a huge bow in the back, and she was interviewing people on the red carpet. Did you see her? Yes, I know who you're talking about. I don't yeah. know her name, but I remember thinking I, I, it's that I, color I, combination. The color combination I think it was more of a cut issue for me. I didn't like the bow on that. But then Olivia Coleman's bow, actually, I really did like it. I thought it looked really cool on stage. Like, it was meant to read all the way up. So maybe that's what the capes were actually for. It was to make them read. I mean, but there was a lot of big dresses and big capes. And not all from the females or gender uh, women, uh, uh, identified women. One person wore one of the most quote unquote daring. Now it's not the first time we've seen a dress like this on the red carpet. I want to point out that um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone did it a few years back. Um, when While on it. And they they looked great, by the way. Um, so But um, who wants to take Billy Porter? Do, um do you think the look worked? I saw a oh, picture after, so I didn't get to see it in movement. But I thought it looked badass, even as a still. Uh, it flowed like a dress of that should, with the slightly little bit longer in the back, a little shorter in the front. It, d- it did exactly what it was supposed to do. It is a princess dress. He's wearing the princess skirt. Um, it's black. Black as night. Uh, it looked yeah. pretty cool. Um, it, I, I, I actually don't even think it was, you know, even if you didn't like it, it definitely wasn't even nearly the worst look on the a carpet. Was it Emory? Uh, sure. Emory. <laughs> no, there was a lot, there was a lot of like, no, I, I don't want to no, absolutely into... go ahead. The only thing I have to say though, is Rachel Weiss. I, I, all I could think of every time it showed her, I'm like, why is she wearing 
fruit roll-ups. She looks like she just <laughs> raided her kids' lunches and threw a dress together with fruit roll-ups. All right. Now I have to um, see that dress. <laughs> all right, but I do want to say, um, when um, in stills, it looks awful. It looks a lot. It didn't look great on the red carpet, but okay. it was almost. I give it a pass on the red carpet when it was moving. That's because it's a maternity dress, and you can't tell from the stills. It's a maternity dress. I see. So uh-huh. there's, uh, so I give it a little bit of a pass on, and, and she had this cute little headband that went with the dress, and that was really cute. You have to admit, Erin Marie, her little like Laurel little headbandy thing that the little straight hair, uh, you know, the, the top is what's problematic. But it's it's a maternity dress. There were two maternity dresses on the red carpet: Rachel Weiss, and then this other, who was the other person? It was Kristen an Ritter. amazing outfit, huh? Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter, yeah, Jessica Jones. Oh my God, her dress was incredible. I probably my favorite maternity dress I've ever seen. You want? I don't know if it's my favorite. I would have, but it is gorgeous. It really is. And she looked fabulous on stage. I didn't even know she was pregnant at the time. No, this was actually, they said this is how she announced it. She hasn't told anybody publicly oh. that she was pregnant. So oh, that was cute. actually, it in, she did it on the red carpet. So that was actually something I wanted to talk about. Kristen Ritter totally, like, you know, baby bumped on the red carpet and surprised everybody. But Rachel Rice was also pregnant. Uh, so I, I give both, I give the Rachel Rice. But the other one definitely knocked it out of the park. Like if I, but then again, Kristen Ritter, I don't think neither one of them, for that matter. I love both those women. I don't think they could ever truly have bad hair days ever. You know what I'm saying? They're awesome people. I would see, you know, I don't care what they look like. They're just, I just worship them. They're great actresses. They're strong women, and they're smart and beautiful and everything you'd want in, in, in you know, to be. You know, I, I've always been slightly jealous and in, in, in awe of Rachel Weiss in particular. I, I, I can't, she's just a, like a world, we should UNESCO World Heritage her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we need to. There's a few people I'll put on that list, but she definitely is one of those people. Maybe we should do that as an episode. Who would we preserve in Tupperware uh, if we needed to, right? Maybe Rachel Weiss is one of those people. But anyway, um, so uh, the carpet was actually, I think, okay. I don't like this 90 retro thing that's happening right now. I don't think 90s fashions were particularly good. Tweed is awful, um, and I really hope we don't go back to that. And I've seen shoulder pads, which quest- I question immensely why we're going back to shoulder pads. It didn't work the first time. They don't do – shoulder pads never do anybody any favors. No. Uh, you know, a Russian yeah. doll has a lot of people wearing shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, no, what the hell? You know, 90s shoulder pads are not a good thing. Like, the 80s ones were huge. 90s were just weird, you know. Yeah, and then they had, were. you know, so uh, 90s clothes, I was wearing grunge. I was wearing, you know, jeans and plaid. And I had my Janis Joplin, John Lennon glasses, and I had long curly hair. I was not wearing that, you know what I'm saying? I was right. very much, I was very yeah, much neither. more all black. I wear lots of black. Not even with like logos on it. Not even rock stars. Just black. And to this day, I still and Aaron Marie can say I usually just wear black. Nothing on it. So 
Yeah. I'm boring. I'm so emo before it was emo, right? You know. So I am a head huntress. I gotta wear black. But anyway, I digress. See, I just go off on rambles. Go ahead, Erin. I was going to say, speaking of wearing black, though, Lady Gaga with that absolutely fabulous Tiffany uh, diamond necklace, that canary diamond. Oh, yeah. Had not been worn. Go ahead. Tell them. Had not been worn since Audrey Hepburn wore it for breakfast at Tiffany's photo shoot. And boy, was that an amazing piece. It was gorgeous. Well, it's been put in a new setting, and I think the new setting looks way better than the one that Audrey wore it in. It, it, it really I, showcases the diamond. I, I wasn't a huge, amazing fan of Lady Gaga's updo, though I think she pulled it off just fine. It, nothing, you know, it was just my personal preference and nothing to do with how fabulous oh. she looked. But, but I, I think, think the, the overall, she knocked it. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the entire outfit from the gloves to the dress to even the updo was very reminiscent of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think the entire yeah. thing was an homage to Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. absolutely. And it's the meme that, like, she was so cute on the red carpet. She was blowing kisses to her fans. I love how, like, like when, when Olivia uh, Coleman gives her award, the very end of it, she just goes, Lady Gaga! You know, she just sees her. It's like, oh, my God, I'm getting an award in front of Lady Gaga. You know, it's just kind of throwing her off, right? It's awesome. I, I actually I have that. I, I have that um, speech. We'll talk about our favorite speeches in just a minute. But let's Okay, let's move on. I think we've talked about the red carpet enough. Sensitive Gary Marie, is there anything we left off that we really needed to mention? I, you know, most of the men looked fine. I didn't see any egregious issues with the men's clothes. I liked how uh, Spike Lee's outfit matched the backgrounds of the press white walls with the purple. I thought that was cool. <laughs> but, um, no, the only other thing I was going to say was there was a lot of velvet as well, especially in men's tuxedos this go-round. Oh. Chris Evans is on as well as uh, Jason Momoa with his matching scrunchie. And speaking of pink, he had pink, and he was with Lisa Bonet, who was also wearing a matching pink dress, and together they were on the carpet together. I thought for a minute Lisa Bonet was his daughter. Uh, she's so short compared to this guy. I mean, he just towered, but then I was like, no, that's Lisa Bonet. But then, like, on stage, he looked fantastic when Helen Muir came out in that beautiful, flowing pink outfit, and they looked great yeah. together. I, 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 you know, and I was like, wow, this is cool. I mean, so I, I, I think only Jason Momoa could pull off a pink velvet outfit. I mean, who's going to tell him not exactly. to wear it? <laughs> and you know what? I wasn't mad at the fact that there was no host. I think it flowed better. <sighs> yeah, Raven, how do you feel about that? That's Let's go right into it. No host. Did, up or down? Oh God, I, I don't think it's up or down for me. I I saw benefits and things that I didn't like about it. Well, um, well, well explain. Go ahead. I, this is okay. why we are here. Okay. The, so, the mic is yours. First, take it. The first people, <laughs> the first people they tease us with are my girls, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and Maya Rudolph. Which and is awesome. It's totally awesome. Always my favorites. Uh, I stop breathing when they come on TV because I love them so much. And 
I wasn't ready to let them go when they were done. Um, and nothing was as good after that. None of the presenters were as good. The one thing I think it really benefited from um, time-wise is because after speeches, they were relying on cutting off the mic and going to commercial. Whereas when there's a host, they usually have the host come out to try to stop it. And that's where like human compassion comes in because the host doesn't want to be rude and talk over the speech giver. And so there's always this weird, awkward time right there and they don't cut to commercial and it just keeps adding up because they're like, oh, one more person, one more person, one more studio to thank. And then all of a sudden it's a four hour ceremony. So I think it saved us from that, but um, it felt a little uh, one note, I guess. It wasn't um, one of the things I loved about watching the Oscars when I was little is that there was a bit of, it's a spectacular. Bob Hope coming out and golden things and dancing ladies and firecrackers and stuff. But I just kind of miss, the kid yeah. me kind of misses that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I can see why like, they did the it. The so kid in I, me misses Billy Crystal. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think the host is one of those things. It, 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 I think it, it had, like you said, it has its pluses and minuses. I do think cutting down on the sequences, like last year, you had Jimmy Kimmel going across the street and spent a lot of time across the street. Yeah. You know, yeah, they do, the they do too many the for too long. And, yeah. And the, and there wasn't any montages, and, and, and that was good and bad, too, because I do think sometimes a montage to remind yourself why we're giving awards to certain things yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, so there, those were all positive cuts, I think, ultimately, in the sense that it kept it to three and a half hours, which I think is a perfectly fair length for the Oscars, honestly. That's, you know, I think you can Especially get all, when half can, of it is commercials. Yeah, you know, and the commercials were weird this year, but that's another story. Uh, I didn't like any of the commercials this year. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, I, I wish we had more people. Actually, I, I really liked most of the presenters, except for I was questioning some choices, even though I liked these people. Like like we had v- Venus Williams there, and, you know, uh, you know, it, it was some – Odd choice of sports people, you know. And I was like, okay. You know, was it Serena? Yeah, but these people. My bad. That's okay. (laughs) I can see how you would do that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know, so there there was some, you know, but then again, there was some delights in some of the other presenters. And my favorite presenters of the night were were the rookies. And it was Aquafina and John Mulvaney. Um, who gave away not one but two awards they gave the what was it live and animated shorts right or no doc Mm -hmm. short and animated short uh which are like one of you know first it's okay Aaron, do you have anything to say before we get into the shorts thing because i have a lot to say about cutting shorts programs and and what happened during the ceremony so anything you want to talk about other presenters or hosts before i get into aquafina no i was just gonna say that um i do miss the host yes um i but it hasn't been the spectacular it used to be i think the hosting position has slowly gone on downhill with each um uh, broadcast each year 
And Mm -hmm. not only do you have that extra time at the end of the speeches, but you have someone who literally their only job is to introduce the other people who were, you know, giving away Oscars. So you're, I mean, it's a host to introduce a host, basically. So there's a lot of that <laughs> speech uh, there was, uh, as well that's down on. Yeah, it, 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 I think it, it had some moment. Like I said, it did make it tighter. I do think you're right, Raven. It made it less personal. Um, yeah. To not have a host. Like, there was no, like, little ad-libby moments. There wasn't a lot that's of chance. That's totally the word I needed, impersonal. That's a great yeah. word to describe yeah. the show this um, year. Yeah, because especially because like you know, but then again, there you know there was a couple speeches that ran long, and they cut the mic, and went to commercial. Commercials were mm-hmm. long. I'd go to the bathroom, yes. and they're still there. You know, it's like okay, guys, you know maybe that's I remortgaged why you're my so house. Too long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, you know, my daughter was like, why are they so long? You know, because she's staying up with me, I'm watching it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so my my favorite were Aquafina and John Mulvaney, and 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 I want to say that was probably my favorite. As a geek, my favorite thing that happened over the whole night was that section of the Oscars. Because, first of all, the two people on stage were just delighted to be there. Like, you know, oh, my God, we're playing with the big boys. What the hell are we doing here? Right? And they were so adorbed together. And she had that cute little suit on. Right? Aquafina did. She's from Crazy Rich Asians. I like Mulaney's suit, too. Yeah, they both looked really good together, too, I thought. And uh, looked great mm-hmm. on stage. Um, and, and so they give the award, first award, to Bow, well, which is the Pixar animated short uh, about the uh, dumpling that turns into a kid. It's a little weird. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of it, but, that, but I don't really care about that. I'm glad they won. Matter of fact, when they got on stage, it actually was one of my favorite acceptance speeches of the night. And I think that win was would give people pause before they think about cutting the shorts. I almost unfriended someone for, for saying that the shorts programs could be cut from the Oscars. And I'm like, dude, this is the one time that this matters. And so here, I want to play, I already played one speech already, but I want to play the bow speech. It's only two minutes and we'll come right back. I want to talk about it for okay. a second. And the Oscar goes to bow. <laughs> This is the first Oscar and nomination for Domi Shi and Becky Neiman Cobb. Academy Awards in this category have been presented since our first time too. Yes, our first time too. Oh my gosh. Um, Thank you to the Academy. Thank you to my fellow nominees. Thank you for supporting Shorts. Um, To all of the nerdy girls out there who hide behind their sketchbooks, don't be afraid to tell your stories to the world. Um, You're going to freak people out, but you'll probably connect with them too, and that's an amazing feeling to have. Thank you to Pete Doctor um, for believing in my weirdness and for giving me a voice at the studio. 
Uh, and thank you, of course, to you know my mom and my dad, my my muses, and my partner Darren for being with me through all of this and being my human stress ball. Thank you. We want to we want to thank the entire Bow crew. They brought their heart to this short, and you can see it in every shot. To everyone at Pixar, you inspire us every day. Disney for believing in us. To my friends and family, parents and sister, I love you so much. I got to make a short help make a short that was about a mother just as I was becoming one. So to my little Bao Lucy and to Deanne, none of this would be possible without you. I love you. <laughs> So, yeah, so this, first of all, it's an adorable acceptance speech. Absolutely. Like, it, the nerdy girl thing just warmed my heart. It, it was the first time women won an animated trophy in the Oscars, which for me, as much as I That's love amazing. animation, knowing that women widely won that, yes, and the first Asian woman to win in, in that category as well. Huzzah. Congratulations, women. You did found fabulous. And then they gave that nerdy girl speech. So even though I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Bao, the win is significant and it excites me. And I thought that was cool. And then Aquafina goes and they they were like all awkward and cute. And they have to give away the Doc Award, Doc Short Award. And then they give it to period uh, and a sentence, which is this short about women trying to help women get access to menstruation and pads so they can go to school. That's what it's about. And I paid that speech as a hard start because, you know, that's like, once again, as much as I love Glenn Coase, if she, you know, Olivia Coleman and, and these women, you know, women that are a little bit more unsung or not noted, they win something like this. They get noticed. They get noticed yeah. and they get work and they get more jobs. And in this case, in the doc subject, the cause gets noticed. Uh, you know, so it, to me, it was the most exciting thing was those two wins uh, back to back like that. And I think it is absolutely a perfect argument why we should not cut a single award from the Oscar ceremony. Anybody want to follow up? I'm afraid to, because that was beautiful. <laughs> I really like that. No, I agree. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Oh, yeah. it's yeah. I will say as as a woman watching these wins were awesome. Like the two for uh the uh for production design and costumes for Black Panther. Costume. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh you know, I, there was a lot of great stuff going on. I actually think the set itself um was rather beautiful, especially during uh the Buster Scruggs number which I just played with the with the uh <laughs> starscape and everything and how it was framed yeah. and I thought it was really sweet. And and, and it so um gave me a Durango flashbacks. I think it's on purpose. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, um I also even though I know there's some controversy cuz they left off Dick Miller and Julia Adams and a bunch of other people on the memoriam. They always do uh that they did yeah. give a shout out to James Kern and they used Return of the Living Dead as his one shot quick still in the montage and so every horror geek I knew noticed that (laughs) and I did too I was like Return of the Living Dead really they went with that yay you know the one time it went you know so that was that was a highlight of the show for me was to see that they gave him his proper due as a as a character actor but uh you know I'm still bummed that they missed 
Dick Miller and Julie Adams that kind of bumped yeah, me out. Bad. So, um, you know, uh, and Arlie Ermey. And Carol Yeah, I mean, okay. well, you know, so, but, you know, but, you know, the, the montage, that has got to be the most pressure, I think, of any of the producers have to oh, do is doing that Absolutely. Uh, That's I, one thing I, I noticed that was different this year. Sorry to interrupt. I got so excited. No, tell <laughs> me. That, that was perfect. Go. Keep going. You're starting to get this during, really well. <laughs> during the memorial montage, traditionally you can still hear the audience, and it's kind of gross because it turns into a popularity contest. And so it'll be like, a producer, a writer, Carrie Fisher, everyone freaks out. A producer, a writer. And this, you couldn't hear the audience at all. And I found that to be much more respectful. And um, I don't usually, it doesn't usually hold my attention because of that, because I feel kind of grossed out that people are clapping differently for different people. Yeah, I, I think holding off some applause till the end of the memorial, and and you know they always end with like the biggest name, and Albert Finney, I think was an ex- was was absolutely appropriate to end with him because yeah. you know they couldn't get. I, sure. I I give them a pass on Stanley Dolan, by the way. Stanley Dolan, rest in peace. Oh my God, did he influence my life, and I know he influenced Ravens, uh, you know, and Aaron Marie. Anybody that likes musicals, we, we were touched by that man yeah. in one way or another. Uh, so rest in peace to the hat man. Oh my God. But, you know, but I still think they should have had someone walk out and just say something on the mic really quick. They did that with, um, when, yeah. uh, uh, not Roger Ebert, his, his partner, uh, Gene Siskel, when he died, he died right before air. So yeah, they, had, I remember they, that. Just had, they just had someone come out and say something. So, and, you know, that was appropriate, you know, so uh, there's ways around it. And I think a host with that would, that's actually maybe one of the things that suffered is the, is we weren't able to fill the gaps in the memorial uh, montage. Cause that's what the yeah. host would do often, or one of the presenters would right. do it right afterwards. So we didn't get that. It was too tight of yeah. a show to make corrections. So anyway, so that's what I feel about that. And I keep rambling, my God. But I have a lot to say about this year's Oscars. I really, really made attention this year. <laughs> and, I usually, and I wasn't expecting to. Once again, I thought I was going to be in Barcelona. I wasn't, like, even thinking about the Oscars until I suddenly, like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to be here. Might as well deep dive the Oscars. Okay. Uh, so, um, okay. So One anything of the else? I noticed. Go ahead, Aaron. One of the things I noticed was there was a lot of diversity this year. A lot of diversity yeah. in the women. Um, yeah. I almost wanted the entire acting category to be a complete uh, sweep of minority. I was actually just a little disappointed that the white woman won at the end until her speech because she was so cute. Oh, <laughs> Olivia Coleman. I uh, we'll talk about her. I I actually had her on my should win. Uh, category. I I was rooting for Olivia Coleman, and I thought it was the one chance that the favorite was going to actually win an Oscar because you know uh, they weren't going to give Yorgos Lathimos best act, best director. So not yet. They're not ready to do that for him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know. Uh, but um, you know, th- we'll talk about the the wins and how we felt about them as we go through that category. So um, anything else we want to say about the show itself and the time and all that before we move on to the actual who won each category? I think I'm good. Right? Yeah, yeah. Aaron yeah, yeah. How about Aaron Marie? One more thing? Yeah, Mo, maybe no. so. 
No. All right. So we're just going to go right into the actual things that matter, the awards themselves. So, um, and then we put it to bed for another year. Uh, let's go right into it and do the big four. Um, best picture. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, I'm not, uh, we, let's be as candid as we can without getting too crazy. Cause, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't actually seen this movie. Um, so I can't really say if it's good or bad, but I can understand why it caused controversy. Does that make any sense? So I can talk about it. Yes. Okay. I, I can understand why, now this wasn't shown on camera, but I can understand why as soon as Green Book was announced Best Picture that Spike Lee threw up his arms and stormed out. Well, and it was, well, we'll get into that in a second because it wasn't really a storming out. There's actually video. I watched it, but. Um, oh, there is video. Jul- nice. Yeah, there is. Julie Roberts from above. It's an above video. Uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, gave that award away and at the very end of that award and this is stung she goes well i guess that's how it ends good night everyone right uh you know and that's not how you want to end the oscars Uh, (laughs) i guess that's it (laughs) yeah um Uh, again where a host would come in handy yes indeed (laughs) yes that is actually where a coast would definitely come in handy. Okay. So I can't really say there's anything wrong in the sense that the film is competently directed. We know that it's got a competent screenplay. I actually, for a while didn't think I, I was positive. It was going to win when it won the producer guild award and directors of guild split with Roma. Right. Yeah. One of them was always right. And I went with the when when they split, you go with the producers guild, and that usually is the one that will show you the best picture. I've only been wrong once or twice because with that kind of litmus test. And so I knew Green Book was gonna win. I absolutely knew it. And I had I I actually have my my should have win. What I wanted was the favorite. All right, but there was a chance Roma. Roma got really close to running. Uh, the the ad uh, supposedly Netflix did the most outrageous like Oscar campaigning anybody has ever done. Like it was supposed oh, to be wow. insane. Read about it. It's absolutely crazy. They even opened, built a theater, oh, re- redid a theater in New York and opened it just to show Roma. And of course it's a theatrical release. So they actually fit themselves into the Oscar model just so they could try to get Roma. Now Alfonso Coron always deserves a shot. So yeah, and he has one in other places. So, you know, and I'm not worried about Alfonso Cuarón not getting work. I think he's going to get work. Um, yeah, he'll but be Green fine. Book wins, which fell like a thud in that theater. Like it was a lead, yeah, it was it like did. a lead balloon hit the theater and everyone was like, really? That's it? That's what happened? I actually thought like, the sound cut out for a second, but it wasn't. No, it, wasn't it, was, it was just, you could hear a pin drop in that theater. It was just like, everyone's like, okay, why did that happen? Um, you know, and, did they and, misread and, it like last year? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, 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 but I knew it was going to win because the producers are the old fogies, and the old fogies still control Ampis. Ultimately, they're they're letting some things through, but they still yeah. have firm control of Best Picture. They haven't let go of that. Um, so you're going to hit that. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to happen. The producers are going to control Best Picture, even if they give 
so much more variety in the rest of the awards. Best Picture's still theirs. Until that happens, we're going to keep finding things like this happening. Like, uh, you know, I understand why, and let's talk about this with, uh, and talk about it. I'm gonna, I, I love Spike Lee, okay? I'm not going to say I don't. I love his movies. I've loved him forever. And I know he's controversial. I know he sometimes has foot and mouth disease, don't we all? We all make mistakes. But he's a very smart guy. Most of his films are, are pretty darn good. That being said, I wasn't actually a big fan of Black Klansman. I thought the film was kind of like almost derivative of himself, which I thought was weird. Um, screenplay's good. Actually, screenplay's fantastic. Um, you know, that, that part was cool. I would, lo- I would have loved more of the phone conversations. I wanted so much more of that. I thought I was like, I found that part of the whole story fascinating that he was on the phone with Duke all the time, you know, talking with him while he's undercover. Wow. (laughs) You know, amazing story. It's a great story. Uh, But it wasn't, it wasn't that he lost. Okay. Spike Lee wasn't going to walk out if let's say Black Panther upset him. I don't even think he would have walked out if a star's born beat him. It was that movie. That was the movie. When there's three films about the African-American experience and one film with a star about being a minority in England, okay, because that story is also a story about a minority. Don't forget that. So we have a lot of variety. And Roma, Roma, I mean, there's so much, and it, you know, all, there's so much variety on this page. And, you know, even A Star is Born, you got Western represented. You know, there's a little bit of everyone. There's a, there's a political thing. The favorite is just weird and cool, you know, and it's English. You know, and there's a variety of stuff that Green Book was the one that, like, it was just, it was just what you expected. Does that make any sense? It was it was mm-hmm. it was like lackluster. It was it was like you know Black Panther has African Americans above the blue line, so does Black Klansmen. Uh, you know, and Green Book has above the line, but not a lot of below the line at all. Uh, you know, so it it I like I said I'm not gonna piss on Green Book at all. Uh, first of all, I haven't seen it, and that wouldn't be fair. And I am going to tend to see it. It's actually a subject I'm rather fascinated about. I know what a green book is even before I saw the film. Uh, but I, it, it was just like, you know, was, at least it's not Crash. <laughs> Crash wasn't even a good movie. Uh, you know, green book has got my favorite, two of the best working actors in it. Uh, you know, think of it, was it? Mashala Ali wins supporting actor, correct? Right? For, yeah. for this movie. Uh, this is the second time he has been supporting actor in the Best Picture winner, and the second time he's won an Oscar. That's pretty cool, uh, you know. So a lot of it goes to it has to give him credit to him because he is yeah, phenomenal sure. in everything he does. Uh, and Viggo Mortensen is one of my favorite actors. I've been in love with that man since he was Aragorn, uh, you know. And even GI Jane, he's in that, but I don't really like military guys but i love oh my god aragorn oh yeah you know <laughs> strider's always been my dream man since i was a kid even before he was a movie so uh you know that was cool regina king wing wins for if beale street could talk and uh that was awesome but boy want to talk about an amazing dress um that she looked beautiful she was ready to that's the kind of dress you wear when you know for sure you're going to get an oscar 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, I didn't even have a backup vote for this category because I, yeah, I, 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 I just, she was such a lock in this category and, and she had some pretty tough competition in this category. Yeah. Uh, the favorite had two or uh, nominees in there and who knows that actually shows there was stiffer competition because of course, uh, Regina King walk, wins an Oscar, but then the big upset was actually in actress and it was Olivia Coleman for the favorite, which was like, woo! I actually had her, I, I got two points for that. Cause I thought, I thought for sure Glenn Close had won. Uh, she had won the Indie apparent award the night before she'd already won the golden globe. I was, and I think she, did she win the SAG Raven? Do you know? Usually pretty good. I, about yeah. That. Sure SAG she did. Yeah, no, so she she had won like almost all the other things, right? So not, I, or not only that, it was it was her eighth nomination, I think. Seventh, seventh, yes, uh, but yeah, seventh or seventh, yeah, I knew seventh it was nomination. There. Yep, nope, and she didn't win this time. And Olivia Coleman was, uh, you know, delightfully wins, and for for a really weird, cool movie. I mean, anything Yorgos Lathamos does is weird and cool, and the and the performances in his movies, and then she wins for one of them, it blows my mind, because I don't know if you, like, watch his films. All the performances of a Yorgos Lathamos movie is very still and very deadpan and and very, like, like staring off into not quite Kubrick dead, but you know, it's that kind of style. Does that make any sense at all? Yes, no, it actually it totally does because I haven't seen the favorite yet. But when uh-huh. they were showing clips from it on the Oscars, I was thinking this reminds me so much of Barry Lyndon. And it wasn't because of their costumes, it was that expression. Exactly. No, it's the performance. Exactly. You got it. Um, have you ever seen Killing of a Sacred Deer or The Lobster? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Killing do- of a Sacred Deer. Same performance. You notice how all the performances were kind of like, even if they were like physically interacting, it was still kind yeah. of weird and dreamlike. Like detached. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, detached. That's a good word for it. It's detachment. The, 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 all the performances in Yorgos's movies are detached. That's a really good way of saying it. Uh, and so she wins. And, 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 and it's a big surprise. I screamed my head off. I thought it was delightful. The, uh, an underdog win. I mean, there was a couple underdogs in this in this category, and you know, but uh, Yalsa bringing her mom to the Oscars was adorable. By the way, oh my God, they looked so cute together. They were like waving and going, "Yeah, hi, how you doing? We're having a great time." You know, it, it's so wonderful when people are just like, "We're just happy to be here." You know, and I would. That's how right. I would feel about it. I'd be like, "Woohoo!" You know, Same. everyone. I love. I love Olivia Coleman's like Lady Gaga. Her her speech was adorable. She was like, you know, this is ridiculous. Won an Oscar. You know, there was actually a couple of connections to uh, Hot Fuzz in the Oscars this year. One was Olivia Coleman, who played Lady Cop in Hot Fuzz, which is awesome. And then uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead, Don't Stop Me Now. They did that weird American Idol commercial where they sang Don't Stop yeah. Me Now. And and I heard one of my friends through on Facebook, I think it was Bill Brock, shout out to Bill, uh, said, you know, when that song came through, he just wanted uh, Nick Frost and and Simon Pegg to beat them with pool cues. <laughs> I thought that was funny. 
I mean, oh, that would have made that commercial so much better. Oh, yeah, no. So that was cool. So anyway, I digress. All right, so I, I wanted to hold back and talk about um, Best Actor. I saved it Best for Last in the major categories. Uh, Rami Malek, not surprising he won. I was pretty sure yep. he was going to land it. Do, but I'm going to be honest, I don't think it was the best performance of the year. I I watched Bohemian Thank Rhapsody. You. So, I uh, I don't think it was the best performance of the day. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, with you. Thank you. I don't uh, hate the movie. I, I, let's talk about Bohemian oh, I don't Rhapsody either. for a minute. Uh, I don't hate the movie. I, I know that there's all this controversy because Brian Singer's name on it, and he, he was fired, but he still his name on it. He, if it was one best picture, he would have gotten an Oscar. Then people would have been like, and that's why I didn't, right? But I knew it was going to win editing because editing is a political choice. They give you screenplay or editing if they're not going to give you best picture usually. Uh, so I, And I had actually heard it was a lock for editing. And I will say the last 20 minutes, the live aid thing clearly brian singer had wanted to recut that sequence his whole life like he's been watching that yeah and this is how he wanted to shoot it and i do have to admit i think the idea towards the end where it's all been centered on rami malik's performance and suddenly you're watching him perform and they flip it to the point of view of the audience this is what the audience feels like watching queen Right. And I thought he did a really good job executing that. So watch the last 20 minutes of the movie. I think it actually works really, really well. First uh, 50 minutes, uh, hour 50. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Okay. There's something, there's something that happens in shows when you're rehearsing and you'll get around to tech week, the week before the show opens. And that's usually where you find your groove and where suddenly you're performing again. And they'll say, do it full out. And full out means as if there were an audience right in front of you. Because when you don't, what you see on the faces of actors is inside their head thinking, and five, six, seven, eight, and five, six, woo. Um, So in this case, every time, and including the live ace scene especially, uh, Rami Malek had choreography. That's what I saw on his face. And five, six, seven, eight. He wasn't full out yet. He was not immersed. And I'm not saying this sarcastically. I've seen a drag queen do a, I'm sorry, a drag king do a better job at being Freddie than Rami Malek. I got. I saw a straight guy in the uh, audience when I went to Queen a couple years back that did a better Freddie. <laughs> If if you if you took him out and of context, and I don't want to diss him on it, I think he's no, fine. He's, he's fine, but he's you can't tell he's Freddie if you took him out of this universe. You took him out of his clothes, and he was just doing dialogue. That wouldn't be Freddie Mercury would not be in the top one hundred celebrities. I thought he was doing. This is where I fall down. I don't really dishonor Ramey's Melick's performance. I think he's doing exactly what he's being told to do because he's actually yeah, a good I, actor. I agree with that. Mr. I Mr. Agree Ro- he's Mr. Being... Robot is a perfectly good show, and he's very good in that show. And uh, you know, and, and I actually think as as when it comes to like Freddie and his background, he's pretty close in type. There's all that going down. 
I think he's just being told what to do. Now, being said, where I find this, the movie problematic is that I find it like I did straight out of Compton. It's the uh, grandparents' version of Freddie Mercury's life. It's the one yeah. I can go see yeah. with my yeah. mother-in-law. <laughs> I could take, I could take Aaron Marie's mom to see this movie. Couldn't I, Aaron Marie? It's the Hallmark Channel it's version sanitized. when I wanted an actual biopic. Yeah, and my um, mom, yeah, definitely would. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know but, what? I really wanted was just one thing, and that <laughs> one thing could have really helped me a lot with this, and that was when Freddie Mercury tries to come out to his girlfriend as bisexual. She would just say, "Okay." instead of correcting him and saying, no, you're gay, and then the movie never correcting that. That really bothered me. Uh, there was a lot of problems it, I had with thing. that. Okay, go ahead. You first, Sarah Marie, thing. then I'll follow up. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you know what? My venom for this movie is not at the movie itself. The movie itself is entertaining enough, but it's really that – Everybody else around it is not realizing just how much of it has no substance. There's yeah. nothing in depth about. It. No, there it's isn't. Just it, a it's just forgettable. Look. It's forgettable. Like, do you remember any major yeah. plot points in that film? Really, I barely do. I mean, and I know no. a lot about Freddie Mercury's life. Like, I worship right. that man. I he was my hero. I know I've read books on him and, you know, um, you know, oh my God, first of all, I want to go back real quick before I talk about like the actual problems with the history in the movie. Um, I want to talk about uh, the uh, problematic issues with gender in that film. And there's a lot of issues I had with it. Um, first of all, I wasn't being honest, like you pointed out, not at all. No honesty there. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that every positive relationship he had was with someone of the opposite sex. He only had yeah. one positive relationship with someone of the same sex. And he had at least three separate long-term partners that were male that he had healthy lives with. Uh, so, I, you know, he, yes, he did party hard. That's absolutely true. Uh, if you were a gay male in the late 70s, you did too. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? That I, I that you cannot like base that on anything, you know what I'm saying? Like if his actual primary relationship, you can't. There's apples and oranges, you know, time period that way. Um, right. So I I really wish they were, you know, I, if that's why it annoyed me the most. Like all you know, her the marriage and, and granted he loved her, he gave her all his money. Um, when when he died, passed. Right. She yeah. was the one that inherited everything uh, and he loved her to death. And that's a really positive relationship in his life. That part was absolutely true, but it wasn't the only one. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, and and then 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 there was the history issues. Um, the biggest yeah. one I had was they had this idea that when he did the solo records, they had this falling out and Live Aid was a reunion. No, no. Yeah. No, no, no. No, they continued um, to make records throughout the entire time period. Yes, they yeah. did. And some of their best work came out right before he died. Uh, yeah. You know, so, uh, I love yeah. I'm Going Slightly Mad. That's my favorite oh. Queen video and song. Oh, I love that song, too. Um, and, 
you know, but there was this whole thing about the solo record. They actually had no real big issues with the solo record. Cause, and I was hoping they would actually show it. Cause when he drops the money, he says for, he tells them how much it actually is. You know what their real response was? What's that? Take it. <laughs> Take the job. Someone offers you a $4 million advance to make right. two albums. Guess what? You take the money. Right. Like, I will say one thing about the Ray Charles biopic, because I think biopics all have the same problem. And, and it's always the script, right, in the end. Uh, yeah. But but at least in that movie, they showed that correctly. When Ray Charles got the better deal, his previous label wasn't that angry. They understood completely that he had outgrown them. It happens. You know, <laughs> you know, it's business. There is a business end. In this case, it was Not a band. That, the band didn't uh, break up. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Ray Charles has actually took a real look at his addiction and, and the things that made him tick and what his life was really like. This was just a surface look. They they created animosity where there was none. Um, yeah. They continued to make albums throughout the entire solo period, all through his death. And then they missed the one thing that really showed exactly how amazing Freddie Mercury's talent was. And that was killing, killing. Um, uh, oh, God. Like, all of a sudden, I'm in my rant, and I it slips. But you know what I mean. Um, in one take, the show must go on. No, the show must go on in one take. Oh, right. As he was yes. dying. They Ew. ended it with the crash. They played it in the credits, but to not show that in the movie is a disservice. I bet you they're either A, there's a better cut in there because there's extra stuff they haven't put in, which does happen sometimes with biopics, or B, they yeah. just, it's just the script is just, you know, this, like, once again, it was just a sanitized version. I don't think we should diss on it too much. Once again, I don't hate the movie. I just find it forgettable, and it's not a screen movie that, you know, I would watch over and again. You know, if it was good, I would. Yeah. You know, I, so let's move on to the It's actor. definitely not. It's not rewatchable. It's no, watchable, but it's, not rewatchable. <laughs> I would watch the last part again on YouTube. Yeah. Analyze it, might, but that's yeah. it. You know, the drone shots yeah. are really nice. You know, and I like how he put the uh, he, he perfectly set like whoever the prop designer, production designer on that show did a good job by perfectly placing those Pepsi in the right yeah. spot. <laughs> I, I I remember that very well because I watched Live yeah. Aid. And the most important thing I remember, the most biggest thing I remember watching at first run of that performance was the sun going down on it. Like uh-huh. it, the lights. And, and they did show that on the movie. Like the lights came up and it was sunset, you know, because they, they had the sunset set. Uh, set. <laughs> sunset set. Ugh, you know what I'm <laughs> saying. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So let's move on. Okay. Best director, Alfonso Caron, Roma. You know what? I'm not going to even diss on this because like, I don't love Roma. I think it's good. Um, I'm like, I get it's La Dolce Vita if you don't tell La Dolce Vita and you just love the style. It's what it is. And it's really cool. And there's some nice symbolism, things like that. It's not my favorite movie, but I would say, honestly, when you look at the list, it was really the one that made the most sense for the win. Um, they're not going to go for Yorgos yet. He's not... They, 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 the, this is such a political category that way. I don't, Yorgos might win one in a year or two. 
He's just not going to win in yet. And, and Palau Palauski, who did Cold War, was just honored to be in the room. <laughs> you know what I'm He got to go to the parade. Yeah. Um, you know, and Spike Lee, like I said, I, I he could have upset Alfonso. I actually am not a huge fan of Klansman. I think direction is actually its weakest problem. Uh, like I said, screenwriting, not. I think he won a screen Oscar, and I'm so excited that Spike Lee won a screen Oscar. I think Alfonso was probably. Now, if Adam McKay had won, that would just be cool because it's Adam McKay and say, yeah, oh, he's a director, he's a comedian. Uh, you know, the guy who directed uh, Dude, Where's My Car wins like another Oscar. That would be funny. But anyway, so let's uh, we don't have to talk about Alfonso. He won three last night. He won the foreign, but we'll talk about four. I do want to talk about foreign films. But anyway, so uh, animated film. Who didn't get that one right? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think whole, I saw anyone get that one wrong. The Spider-Man into Spider was nobody. I mean, there was just no way it was gonna lose. After when I saw that movie, I was blown away. I mean, it's absolutely like one of the most blind moment movies. And I loved Isle of Dogs. Actually, I saw yeah. all but the one Miyazaki, uh, one Studio Ghibli movie. I didn't see that one, but I saw all the yeah. others because I have a nine-year-old. Same. I go to a lot of kid movies, <laughs> so uh, I have no excuse. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's okay. I, I these I I I would go to kids I still was going to kids films as an adult like when I was didn't have a kid I was fuck it go on Wednesday afternoon in a room full of kids I want to see how it reads to them you know <laughs> but exactly. Spider-Man into the Spider-Man is fantastic they have a green lit the sequel hooray so let's look forward to that it makes me happy uh we already talked about uh Spike Lee winning Black Klansman uh he deserved his writing Oscar years ago and this was kind of an oversight and they finally gave it to him uh, it's a pretty good script I once again want to see more of those conversations I'm sure he wrote them out or there's transcripts somewhere of David Duke and the guy undercover talking to each other on the phone I just think that whole part of that story is mind-blowing <laughs> you know it's just like that happened you know, so uh, the ending is kind of mind blowing too in in many ways. It's it's definitely a movie of its time. You know what I'm saying? So um, uh, we did have an upset in another category, ladies and gentlemen. Which is documentary feature had an upset. Everyone thought it was either going to be Minding the Gap or RBG, and it ended up being Free Solo of all things. I drank to that one, and a further. I got that one right. Oh, you did? How have you yeah. figured it out? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I went to all of their IMDb pages because I only got to see, I think I only saw one of them, and it wasn't even between the two. <laughs> like, It wasn't even between the ones anyone thought would win. Um, so I went to IMDb, and then I looked at the experience of all the people involved with each documentary. And I figured that the free solo documentary had the most impressive people resume wise. And so I voted for them that way. I was kind of, I was, I was thinking it was going to be either mind the get minding the gap or RBG with maybe a possible upset of free solo of a father's sons. But um, no, I got that one wrong. I thought it was going to be, I thought they were going to give it to minding the gap, which is delightful um, and feel good. You know, things like that, you know, documentary, but sometimes they go documentary. They sometimes let the hardest ones win, but free solo isn't even that hard. Right. It's like mellow. Bunny. It's not very heavy, right? I haven't seen it yet. I don't think so. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I, don't. I haven't seen it. So I have to catch up on those, and they'll be all on Netflix soon. So I'm going to catch up on those. So, uh, Best Lauren Fanglage film. We're not going to dwell on it too much, but I just wanted to say as soon as I is that he wins that, Alfonso Caron wins that award, I knew he lost Best Picture for sure. I was like, yeah. that's it. I even, you remember, I even wrote it to you. I yeah, you did. Him, I go, that's it. I, w- I called that. I was like, oh, my God, he lost. It, it's going to be Green Book. And it, everyone's going to be so unhappy. And they were unhappy. And it was sad. But anyway. Um, but it's still yeah. three, three awards. And he also won for cinematography, which makes him the first director to win an Oscar yeah. for something he also shot, which is kind of That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, you know, we already talked about period and sentence, shallow. There was just no way that was going to lose. Uh, you know, we, uh, it's yeah. Oscar and that bait. performance uh, it launched a thousand memes. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah, everyone's like, um, original score, delighted. Black Panther won that. Oh my God, was I so happy about that? Yeah, because awesome. it's well deserved win, well deserved win. Uh, and and I actually gave it. I got ten points on that one, Raven, and our our pool. Because I've had it nice. winning and deserved to win. So it did. And I will also say that, like, I thought Black Klansman's score was pretty good. And I thought Isle of Dogs had a kick-ass score. I haven't seen um, yeah. the other two films yet. Uh, so sound mixing, I was bummed. Even though Bohemian Rhapsody, um, it makes sense to have a concert film win. So I don't yeah. remember anything in that mix that was out of this world. That being said, no. Bohem- Black Panther did, and I thought for sure it had it. Because um, Black Panther's First Man crazy. had really good mixing, too. Uh, and, and, and then, you know, and even if it, Bohemian Rhapsody still won mixing, once again, concert film, mixing, I get it. It makes sense. That it also won sound effects editing. Now Black Panther should have won that, or even more importantly, a Quiet Place to win that. Place. Yeah. But they will never give it to anything that's edited quietly, because the best editors edit downwards, not upwards. They don't make things louder. Yeah. They edit downwards, and and nobody ever gets that right. So it uh, pissed me off. Anyway, does anybody want to follow yeah. up real quick? No, I just totally agree with you on that. Okay, so we talked about Bao. That was cool. Um, Costume design with Black Panther. Um, I kind of wanted the the favorite to upset Black Panther, actually. But um, Black Panther winning isn't hurting my feelings. You know what I'm saying? It's awesome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Absolutely. Skin, which is a live-action short. I kind of know a little bit about it. Actually, a pretty good win. That surprisingly live-action short had surprisingly, if you know anything about shorts, really stiff competition. It was kind of a cool category. We already talked about Bohemian Absidy and editing. Honestly, compared to any of the other films, I really don't see any better or worse films that way. I I wish there was better selection, period. Um, so, oh, well, yeah. the last 20 minutes is well edited, you know, but it's the last 20 minutes, but there's the first hour 50. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, production design went to Black Panther. Woo, once again, not going to complain there, even though I still think the favorite was fantastic. Now, you saw First Man, and I haven't seen it yet. Did it earn its visual yeah. effects award? 
Did it, it, did it earn it? Do you think it compared to the other ones that it was against, which was mm-hmm. amazing competition that that film won? I don't. No, I wouldn't have. If I had to guess what it was going to be nominated for, not knowing in advance, I don't think I would have guessed that it was nominated for a visual effects Oscar. And I don't really see where, like, <laughs> when they actually get to the moon, it sort of looks like someone faking the moon landing. <laughs> I really didn't understand. So I, I don't know what they're referring to, really. Um, I guess there's some even, space shots, but it's mostly from inside. I I actually understand why the Christopher Robin movie. I actually saw that movie, and it got up for visual effects. I actually was blown away by the visual effects in that film. It looked oh, great. That. Yeah, it looks cute, it, though. It's it's an okay movie. The The story is kind of pedestrian for what it is, but the actual visual effects of the, it looks like stuffed animals talking. It's really cool. Yeah. I liked it. I, I actually thought either Solo or Avenger Infinity Wars, like uh, I can say a lot of things yeah. about Solo, but one thing I can't say about it, it didn't look fantastic. Oh my God. Solo looks great. I actually think it's the best looking Star Wars film to date. Um, and then Infinity yeah. Wars had some absolutely spectacular moments, though. I think Solo was I thought they were going to win. Yeah, one yeah. of them I thought for sure was going to win, and I bombed out on both. Um, I didn't bomb out on Vice. I knew oh, – a lot of people were, like, mad that Vice won over Mary Queen of Scots. And granted, Mary's Queen of Scots, why you would want uh, – beauty makeup is always ignored. We know that, especially yeah. you, Raven. Yeah, you know that. It, it always gets ignored. But I will say, age makeup is really hard. Yes. <laughs> and, and I mean it's the hardest makeup out there and to, to do and so I don't really hate the Vice win that way but it wasn't all that much they didn't look like very different from I was so upset about the makeup category because it really doesn't take all that much to age them considering I mean, ugh, ugh, no 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 I didn't like that in the makeup department at all well, you know, it, it is what it is. I still don't understand why um, visual, why makeup and FX, which a, a, I honestly have always thought should be two categories. If you're gonna split any category, that would be awesome. makeup and hairstyle should be separate because they're two different people doing those those set. You know, right. you go if you're on a major set, you go to one in the morning, and you're let's say on Lord of the Rings, you go to one thing first, and you do your applications, and it takes you an hour or two, and then you go while well, that's setting. You go to hairstyle and they do their thing. And then you go back to makeup, right? And then they do touch-ups. <laughs> you know, that's how it goes down. You know, so they should be separate. But that they couldn't find five, five movies that had makeup. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> you know, it, it, the short list. They couldn't pick five out of that fifteen. You know, it, 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 they keep that's shorting weird. that category, and it, yeah. you know, they kicked it while it's down and. You know that that's why they'll never love horror films. <laughs> so I think Mary Queen of Scott looks pretty interesting. I I think out of all the makeup um, that they did have, that that one looked the most complex, interesting. I, I don't know for sure it was going to win. Actually, I was pretty yeah. sure. Because, it, you know, because costuming was going to go to Black Panther this year, which is an edgier choice. Usually um, the, the costume and makeup go to like a period piece. So I thought for sure Mary's Queen of Scots was going to get it because uh, favorite wasn't on that list, even though it should have been. Uh, so but that's it. We're yeah, done for the true. night. We made it through the whole Oscars. 
Raven, thank you for being on the show. Final thoughts about thank the Oscars, you. and we'll put it to bed for the year. I'm really not mad at Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it's <laughs> fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's a fine film. We're just friends. like Green Book's a fine <laughs> film. They're fine films. They're just not wow films. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and I miss the sparkle and my Oscars. All right. Well, thank you for again for being on the show. We'll see you on our next episode. Erin Marie, final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. I enjoyed the the brightness of uh, all of the costumes and and gowns and the pinks and the yellows and the purples. And I was disappointed in a couple of things. I think there could have been a little more variety in what was nominated. Um, a lot of the picks this year seem pretty boring, bland, or superficial, like with Bohemian Rhapsody. But overall, I enjoyed the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I would give it a, a, a B minus, C plus, C plus, B minus. I think that's where I'd put this year's broadcast. The yeah, ratings were up. Same. Congratulations. They did successfully do that. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, the show itself ran well enough. You know, and, and, you know, if there's a host next year, that's fine. If there isn't, that's fine, too. Don't cut any of the damn, like, awards. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, and, I thought the, and I thought the musical performances were fine. So it was a fine show with fine movies in categories. It was just fine. So fine. We're going to well, leave that was for the, the night. Go ahead. I had heard the Mary Poppins song. Um, and I, I actually cried. That was actually my favorite song performance. Um, I, I thought it was Lady absolutely. Well, she was great, yep. and she looked great. I, I do think keep the musical performances in. Just don't add any. I think cut the production numbers and stick them to the main best songs and the one in the beginning. Like that's enough production. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that later on when we get to nominees in season six, if we're still around. Uh, we're only gone tonight. We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen, which is on March 12th. On March 12th, we will have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Return of the American God series, which is a big deal. Um, I will have a, a, I will, we will talk about Horror Hound Cincinnati. We'll have a preview of that show. Steve Wandling, my co-host on Repo Nerds, is going to be there for that. So he's going to call in and do a, a, a preview of that. Um, there's a couple other things happening. Uh, we'll have a recap from Aaron Marie of Monster Mania. Uh, which number is this? 40? 42. Monster Two, Mania 42. 42. Yeah. 42. So, so 42. And Monster Radio. So we have a lot of stuff coming up in a couple of weeks. And uh, tonight we're going to leave you with the Don Shirley himself, the real Don Shirley, and his right. version of Lullaby of Birdland. So good night. Good film hunting. Much love and best of, blessed be. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. <laughs>